All right, we're recording. Nice. So, Let's do it. Man, we finally have some professional mics. It only took 20 episodes, and Jeez. we got it. We do, we do a pretty good job editing, so maybe yeah, not. But this is going to make our job a lot easier because now we're on the same call with this, with better mics, so we just have to throw the same file in. So right. this is also not interesting at all for our listeners. So no. um, a little introduction to today's episode is this is our season finale, uh, season one finale. We're finishing with 20 episodes. And uh, Brian and I are just going to have a chat about, I don't know, our favorite episodes and our favorite moments and what we wish we could have also gotten done. Um, we're going to go into production of our new series, Play It By Ear, very soon in a couple of weeks. So this is why Brian and I find it's a really good time for us to end our first season. One whole season down. And uh, we've been doing it since when? The first episode was, was it a year from now or was it in November? I think we recorded our first episode in August. Because we did the Kung Fu Classics in June. That was not a recorded episode. So, and then we did the... I think we fourth, did two. Four, yeah, right? then we, we did, did, we did two the meetings of before we did this. We did the 4th of July. Right. All the Spike Lee movies. And then... And um, then we started after that, right? With Linklater? Linklater. And if you go back and listen to that, that is our worst quality podcast. <laughs> As it should be. Yeah, it should definitely be. But it's I mean, like in we one were... season, we've really kind of uh, upped the game. Right. If people are interested in hardware and quality lore of a podcast, this would give you quite the journey on character yeah. development. It's still sometimes completely all over the place, but we're hoping come next season will be a bit more, you know, uh, consistent. Now that we use Zoom and now that we record, use <laughs> no more issues. No. Um, but yeah, so we started in August, but I don't think we released until november or right before halloween because we did your spooktacular episode oh that's true so must have been august then yeah because we the spooktacular thing was i think the week of halloween or like right after but yeah okay so one season uh, and it took about a year so about a year no that's yeah i think that's pretty standard yeah i think that's really the the biggest thing with podcasting is just staying consistent because um the more consistent you are the more people can continually see something coming up and we didn't actually originally do that but we never stopped so there was sometimes multiple weeks between our episodes but at least the episodes were continuously coming out you know once a month maybe twice a month and that's really the only thing just keep doing it well yeah when you're when you're doing it diy it's kind of it's not easy when you're doing other things to take the time to get it ready to go especially if you're not trying to do it the way we're currently doing it, where you're recording it on Zoom or just recording like one full meeting. There's no different audio tracks to sync up or like fix. It's all the same. That makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And I think that the other thing is being, you know, transatlantic and having a six hour time difference and 
you know, having to logistically come up with the right times to do this because for Brian right now, it's at the end of his day and it's, you know, and coming towards the later part of the night for me. So it's kind of difficult. Um, I'm hoping that next season when I'm back in the U S what would be kind of nice is if we use it as an excuse to see each other. Yeah. So we use it to see each other every two weekends or something, meet up either in New York or uh, Boston yeah, and be able to record. Yeah. Be able to record an episode together, which would, would be a lot nicer, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, but going back to those first episodes, man, those first three episodes, which one, if you listen to them, cause they're all not great quality. Um, if you go back and listen to them, cause I have, uh, which one would you want to hear again? Like, which one are you ashamed that the quality's bad because the content is so good? Um, I guess I'd have to do the antiquity epics one because the first one was fine. You know, it's what it was. It was it was rocky. A better audio wouldn't have made a difference. We just didn't know what we were doing, and we had Luis host. And not that that's a bad thing by any means, but he wasn't. He's not a a host. He doesn't run the show like we do. So it was a really weird idea that we did. Yeah, I'm hoping that come second season, Luis will be more prevalent in the show because he's living with me, so it'll be easier to keep him on board. But we'll Luis have has got a lot of stuff going because on because of the implication. <laughs> I think that he would. We are setting up a music studio, so it's going to be quite easy to do a lot of recordings and stuff as well, which is nice. Nice. In your um, apartment? Yeah, yeah, in our apartment. Cool. We'll have a nice recording area for music because we're going to work on another project that I'm not ready to plug on the podcast yet, but um, it involves a lot of music. So we're just going to be working on that all next year. Hell yeah. But I have to agree with you. I think Antiquity Epics, the content is awesome. I really loved that episode. Simon is a naturally gifted uh, conversationalist. Yeah. Like he, he is so good at coming up with um, really thought-provoking points about things that he's watched, even when he skips around. Because I remember him saying that he skipped around in some of those movies, but he's very good at that. And the one thing that I'm upset about is that we didn't get to get our guest host episode done with him and Luis, because I find that later Luis became quite good at being also a conversationalist, like very good at coming up with points. I think for the first episode, you're right. He just didn't really know that we wanted to do it a bit more conversationally, like how podcasts have become like what, you know, like everyone watches Rogan or anything else. Like it doesn't have to be, uh, yeah a set less list of questions. We just want to talk. Right. Um, but yeah, I am upset that we didn't get those two on a podcast together. I think they'd be fantastic. Just ping ponging off each other. Well, season two, it'll happen. What was your favorite part of the antiquity epics that you remember? Cause that is also the one I wish that we could redo. And uh, just, I guess this kind of goes more towards the films themselves, but just all of us being on the same page of like how surprisingly good the quality was for yeah. such an old, well, two very old and outdated movies. Like the sets, the set designs were beautiful. We, we all agreed on that. A lot of the different things that they did, especially in Ben-Hur, were just super impressive. That they were able to even pull that off. I totally uh, agree. And then also, it's just funny talking about the very... Um, the the very surprisingly few um, outdated like questionable like decisions that they made or like the content that was in the films that like wouldn't fly today like you know blackface and and stuff like that and how like for three hour epics 
that took place in the 50s um, or around that time, how really there's like maybe one or two points per movie that are kind of questionable. Like that wouldn't, that would like, that wouldn't fly today and surprised just because like such, such grand movies of that time, you'd think they, that they would be like the, especially because they're super religious movies too. Yeah. um, Yeah. That they would be like the epitome and like stereotype of like what an outdated, like thematic movie is like. Yeah. Simon made a really good point about that. He talked about how, the movie seemed to be in a place of where they weren't against casting people of other ethnicities, um, but the lead guy always had to be white. That was kind right. of the place. Um, and any main characters really had to be white. But, you know, it's also going back to the point that he made on that episode a year ago now. He talks about how those were movies made by a bunch of Jewish guys, very biblical, Christian, Christianic stories made by a bunch of Jewish guys. So it also stands the reason that maybe the prejudice isn't as much there because you know it's made by guys that maybe dealt with that as well especially in like the 40s and 50s i'd say i don't know i'm talking history out of my ass now but (laughs) we're we're making shit up (laughs) but uh, yeah that those movies were surprisingly amazing and i wish i saw them on a big screen that would have been really an amazing thing to uh to see there's also i think one of my favorite months that i chose because it's not something that I knew would be fun going into it. But after watching them, I really appreciated that I got to see those. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching them. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought it was going to be grueling just because, yeah. you know, they're movies that had inter, even on streaming services today, they still had interludes built into it. Like they didn't cut that out just because yeah. they know how fucking long they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and then it's the, like, oh, go ahead. The interludes are like what, like two and a half to like three and a half minutes or something. Like they're long, and th- like that's meant for the theater. Like yeah. if you went to go well, watch, you the had theater, to go to the ba- you had to go to the bathroom, or you could uh, go get another drink or something. Right, and actually, I appreciated that because I was like, oh, nice, I can shave like two minutes off the runtime. Let's go. <laughs> the next episode after that was yours. It was the uh, spooktacular, which we got special music for. I loved the movies you chose. The month was awesome. It was a great, great uh, array of films. And I had such a good time watching them. Like, because this was the time when I still watched them with Luis over like the phone. And we watched Train to Busan, which I really appreciated. And um, the one I was less impressed with was The Host. But it's because I like Parasite so much. Um, Yeah. But it was a great month. Do you know where I'm going with the issue with the month though was? I, I think so. What was it? Uh, Overlord? No, no, yeah. Overlord was pretty shit. <laughs> well, no, just like I was, I was... <clears throat> the big issue with that one. Yeah. But that's yeah, what you like, meant. No, no, no. I mean, it was too many people on a podcast. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it, it just didn't work. I think five was too many. When you have so many people like that, and especially when you do it in such a, uh, like a virtual setup, is always going to be two people who primarily run the show and whoever it's not chosen. It's not like people just let it happen. It just, it's naturally going to be that yeah. way. There's always going to be two people who become the talking heads. Yeah. Um, and you just, it makes people either not say anything or feel the need to like cut you off. And then it just gets kind of awkward. I kind of, I kind of prefer 
two to four, two to four is nice. When it's just me and you, it's quite great. I think we just have good conversations and we talk a lot anyways. Um, it, our last couple of interviews have been great. We've gotten some people on like, well, we could get into the highlights of the best interviews because that wasn't originally the idea with this podcast it was just a movie month with maybe some sprinkle other episodes in next season. We probably want to bring in some new ideas as well. Um, different types of things that Brian and I've been ping ponging back and forth, maybe bring in a new producer. Um, yeah, but, I like to keep the interviews going. They're fun. Yeah, the interviews Whether it's with someone that we know or don't know at all. And yeah, the interviews them and- have been really actually a great addition to the show, and I've appreciated them very, very much. That we've gotten to, we've gotten the pleasure of doing that with the uh, people. But the first one that I did was actually with the uh, Drama Mama, but that and we recorded that way before we were uh, we released it. And at that point, Simon and Emily were somewhat regulars on the show yeah because they had been on oh yeah how many episodes were they on after and once we uh, did the uh uh drama on episode was it all well simon was on i think simon was on three and emily was on two because didn't they didn't do the episode after the their month for queer film right or did they which was the episode after Queer Film? That's a great question. What was that? I think it was... Oh, that was the one where we, we interviewed all the musicians. It was me, you, Jasper, Kyle, and then, and then Tom. Yeah, no, it was just us on that one. That was actually one of the few ones as well where the um, the six of us was it six? Yes, yeah, six of us. Uh, no, no, five, five, five. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Ben whoa, wasn't whoa, whoa, whoa. there. Ben wasn't there. Yeah, you're right. But um, that was one of the few ones where I thought the five really worked out well. It yeah. was a really fun episode. If I go back and listen to it now, I think that I hear way too much reverb again. Like our first season, it's great content if you can get used to the the audio quality and we promise that we're going to get better <laughs> keep listening yeah it was that one was that was more of um like a situational problem than it was a technical one because like i think most of it was on um the big audio guy himself on jasper's end i just remember during the call like he was in he's gonna very, love you calling him out right now oh if he listens but um it was a very <laughs> like echoey echoey room and um, I think just trying to edit it the way that we tried to in the past just made yeah. it, it made it worse. I think it made think, it worse or it just just didn't do anything. Yeah, I think that the 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 thing that I've learned the most of now is that um, there is definitely a way to fix it if you have issues. It's just the amount of time we are willing to put in with all the other stuff we're doing in order to fix them. So the smoother it goes, the better it is. Um, yeah. And you know, this is also it depends on actually. The recording we've had some recordings where it was just so bad you're like dude it's not usable at all but like jasper's audio there was probably fixable to some point but we just knew our only way to edit it and we did it that way and now we're getting better at it um at the same time we're also getting more consistent with our recordings um i would say there was a there was a moment where our quality was really good and that was like in the middle, like in the middle when we drama mama came out, actually surprisingly great. If I listen to it, there's yep. n- almost no hiccups there at all. Um, well, you all had the same microphones. 
those yeah, lav mics. But I also was in a different, use. I was in a pretty large room and there was just no reverb for, for some reason. It really worked yeah. out nice. I think also when the two people sound similar. So if they're like at the same level, then it's less jarring because, you know, yeah. we're in different locations. True. The dinner with Luis, our dinner with Luis, even though Luis oh. doesn't have a microphone. That did come out good. Great. Yeah. Um, the, you know, there, there's some on the later end that I've noticed didn't come out fantastic. And that's because either there was issues with our interviewers or there was issues with just the room that we recorded in. But I also think we're getting into production now for our series, which we're going to plug a little bit on this finale. And it just means that we're getting less and less uh, free in order to record or come up with ideas, which is why we decided that this is a good end for this first season. Um, but hopefully like with our new mics and this setup and everything, we'll see how this one comes out. I hope it comes out good. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So going off some interviews then, man, what were some highlight interviews? Like, are we allowed to say who our favorites were or is that, I liked all of them, but yeah. I feel like I have my favorites. Every interview was great. The guests were, you know, there's a good chunk of guests where neither of us knew them, knew them at all. We just met them through a mutual connection and they turned out to, I mean, you know, they're there to help plug their movie or whatever project they have working on. So naturally they're going to want to talk about it, but um, not everyone's a great interviewer or a great like conversationalist, but all these people were just very personal and just went into detail. You didn't have to ask for much, you know, it was literally like, most of the people that we had, you ask one question and you get like eight different responses and they're all great responses, like really detailed and, and informative and just interesting about whatever it is that they're working on, whatever it is they have to say about the topic at hand. And that's just, as an interviewer, that's always great because you don't want to keep feeling like you're pressing questions on someone for like an hour, just being like, so what's this movie about? And they tell you what it's about. I'm like, okay, but what's it really about? And then it's just one sentence after another. And that's just not the case with any of these. And that was cool. But I mean, my personal favorite, maybe I'm biased, but was our interview with Nick Romanelli. I just, I really like that guy. We go way back and it was just nice to meet him again and like reconnect with him. And he just has such a cool story. Yeah, I have to agree. I think, you know, all of the interviewers that we've had, we got really lucky. You know, starting out with like Simon and Emily, I know Simon and Emily are almost not even like interviewing anybody because they're our friends and we work with them all the time. So it's, it could be lost on us that they're actually guests sometimes, right. but they're fantastic. And they came up with great movie ideas like the queer films uh, episode, which was really great. I really enjoyed it. Um, but I think, yeah, we just got really, really lucky with all the people we ended up interviewing because everyone can talk a lot and want to talk about their project. And I think filmmakers are really excited to talk about themselves, not in a bad way, but yep. we're always excited if someone's interested in our stuff, which means that like an outlet where you can interview filmmakers up and coming, even if they're at a higher level than us means they're always willing to do it because they want to be able to talk about their uh, achievements and their accolades. And that started out with um, the first one we really did was the process which I, I felt really privileged that um, we had a connection to this guy and he, he had done great like uh, with festivals and his movies really great. Still think people should go watch it. And that just opened up a door of like, wow, there's a lot of filmmakers at our level that um, or even higher that are doing amazing things. And I just want to talk to them. I just want to learn a lot. 
And we reached out to a lot of people that haven't said yes as well, but it just means that um, you can, you, all you can ever do is ask. And there's always more people to reach out to. Yep. So and the great, I, honestly, the great thing about being an indie film too is nine out of 10 people that you try to connect with who are in indie film, they don't have an agent. They don't have a block, like a wall in front of them to try and talk to them and like coordinate something. So like we literally, you just have to email them or message them on Instagram, text them, whatever you have to do. And it's them and they're going to be the ones to respond to you. You don't have to, you know, reach out to their agency as the only means of contact and yeah. hope to get a response. And if you get a response, it's going to be like either it's just going to be no. Absolutely. So it's just, it's nice. It makes the process a lot easier. I think, I think if I had to go back, I'm looking at our list of episodes right now or uh, up to uh, 18 episodes. Stay, stand by for episode 19, guys. Um, and I really loved the Nick, the Nick Romanelli interview. That was, despite the headache it was to put it together because there was some issues technically, um, it was a great interview. Issues, Uninten though. Unintentional issues, yeah. It wasn't like it was, uh, it, we planned on it, obviously. <laughs> Um, no, we really wanted these problems to happen. It was amazing. And even if I listen to the quality now, I think that he comes out a little bit like he's still on like a, on a zoom call with no mic, but it's so worth oh, listening. Oh yeah. No, he did use a mic. In the second. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so worth listening to the content. I really cannot stress enough that you should listen to the content. And similarly, there's another person who sounded like he was on a zoom call with us, even though he, he wasn't using a mic. Um, side note on a technical, technical thing. I find that the issue is when we put podcast, um, effects onto people's recordings without a mic, that their breaths, uh, pitch really strangely. And so for yep. this guy, I actually cut all of his breaths out because it was so weird. I tried to lower them and then I cut a bunch of them out. But um, James Tobble, the Emmy winner that we uh, interviewed, I loved that interview. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah, he was really great. And I, I really can't wait to get him back on at some point. Um, he's going to be working on us with uh, working on the series with us once we're finished with it. Um, it was fantastic. And the one that I really think is the most unfortunate was the clairvoyant interview because the content is fantastic even if you miss most of it miss most of it you can you can't hear it sometimes it's really uh, difficult yeah, to hear that's true but you get the general idea and honestly everything that arthur and michaela had to say about their film and things outside of film um so we went on a lot of went down a lot of uh tangents and stuff but um it's just interesting. It's just a generally like a good, fun conversation that how was co-hosting co with Emily? It was good. Yeah, we yep. both. It also helps when you both have the same like general opinion of something. You know, like this was. Did both you guys the, talk? Did you guys talk beforehand or no? Yeah, we did. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Smart. It's just uh, uh, as a film that we both really liked, we both um, had the same takeaways from it. I think Emily is a little more personal for her just because she was, you know, lives in LA and takes place about an LA girl and all that stuff. So obviously I can't connect with that being a, a white man up in the Northeast, but um, I had connections when I had them and, but we both really appreciate the movie. So being able to actually meet with these people and talk to them about it was honestly, it's just a great experience for both of us across the board. Yeah. I really, I really, uh, I really love the interview and they seem like really great people. So I hope I get to meet them at some point as well. 
Um, which I do you like listening to the episodes you are not on or the ones you are on more. Like, uh, well, I'm not off many, so that's I guess, true. I guess I'd have to say the ones I'm on. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like the ones that I actually got excited for were the ones that I wasn't there for. Um, I don't think I've been off many as well. Um, but the Claire, the clairvoyant one, I wasn't there for, and I really enjoyed listening to it because I, I, I'm excited for the content because I wasn't there when it was being recorded. The one that I remember the most for that was the uh, prestigious films. You guys right. did fucking awesome, and the recordings came out fantastic. So oh, yeah. everything sounded great. But do you remember the technical issues with that one as well? Yes. Should we should we rat them out? <laughs> yeah, of course. Simon oh. forgot to hit record. Simon and forgot to hit record. An hour later, he went to go send me his audio, and uh, he had nothing. He had a maybe a, a two second. Oh, he sent it to me actually. It was ten seconds of nothing. I was like, <laughs> uh, "There's a problem here." Um, and so, what he ended up having to do in order to get on the podcast was he. I sent him an edit of Luis and Brian talking, and he had to the next day completely re-record himself from memory just when he thought he was talking thank god it was fresh in his head um and he did as best as he could and then i had to put it together there's sometimes when he keeps rambling on and then another question would come up he goes oh shit and uh <laughs> then when he was finished i'll never forget it i wish i saved it i probably have it somewhere he just like says oh i fucking did it <laughs> like an irish guy <laughs> But that is some grueling shit. I'm so he's a trooper for doing that. Cause he if is. it were me, I would be like, nah, dude, that episode's getting canned. Yep. And it I'm happy it didn't because it was really a great episode. It was, it was so good. That's a great one. Yeah. It, it was one of those where we all of us by the end felt really good about it and just thought it came out well and we had we all had fun. And it was like, we can't have this go to waste. There's yeah. no way. No, and I'm actually happy that I wasn't there because sometimes I still think I talk a lot, Luis talks a lot, and Simon talks a lot. So for as a crowd, they they sound a lot smarter to me. Um, so I thought it was a better choice. <laughs> yeah, they they did have dictionaries out the whole time we were recording, so don't give them too much credit. The ones that I can't really stand ever are the ones Luis chooses for us. I'm happy he's not hosting anymore. Those movies were just crap. Oh, my God. Those... Uh... My dinner with Andre was was fine. I'll never watch it again, but I appreciated it. But the limits of control was awful. Yeah, just not not my thing at all. And I'm I've since then just become not a Jim Jarmusch fan at all. Still, the only thing I've seen by him, and there are movies by him that I do want to watch, but it's like it's one of those where it's like I need to have watched everything on my list before I do it I watched Patterson and Patterson was pretty good but other than that I mean it can all just yeah it wasn't really my style not one of my favorite months if I'm honest I mean the best one obviously is the guilty pleasure films because we get to talk about Pluto Nash and that's just True. I still think that I still think that we need to put the new recording up though because I literally cannot listen to that one because my reverb is off the charts horrible and it's it's me it's it's just because I used a bad mic and sat in the wrong room but um I did use two mics that day so we'll put it back up but it is a great episode it's just I can't listen to myself it sounds so bad (laughs) yeah I 
I didn't feel the same way that you did when I was doing like I knew it was there uh, and I kind of got to a point where like I kind of thought I did everything I could for the moment yeah you definitely did because I tried right but I think it's one of those where like you know what the problem is and it's your recording so you're going to be more sensitive about it than anybody else well I mean but you I also have deep bass headphones and when you have deep bass headphones like the ones I'm wearing now um and then I have another pair that's like really like deep deeper bass you can almost not understand me so if you play it out on your phone you can hear it well but if you play it in the headphones it just you can't hear it at all and Hmm. then it just makes me aware that if anybody who's wearing headphones like this is listening to us and they can't really understand it it's unfortunate um that's why like just like uh, once we once i'm living back home if we just do it in the same room, the same space, and then always have the same, we know exactly what we need to do, you know, same mics. So I'm hoping this one comes out good, Um, which takes me to the next one. And actually one that I think was fantastic was our new wave of horror episode. Oh, that was fun. That was a good time, man. That was probably my favorite movies that we watched. Yeah, well, you you love, I mean, they're great movies. I love them too, but you really love those movies. I don't know why I'm obsessed with them so much. They're just great movies. That's probably why. Yeah. And like, I think we're both not the biggest fan of horror movies. So to find a selection of horror movies that all kind of scratch the same itch and are both really well done goes a long way. Absolutely. Like I still think about them, like from time. No, me to time. too, me too, man. Um, I was thinking about the new um, Robert Edgar's film that's coming out, The Northman, and also oh, yeah. um, the new uh, The Nightmare Alley by Guillermo del Toro. Gotta love me some Guillermo del Toro. Mm. And then um, Edgar Wright's horror movie, Last yeah, Night Edgar, in Soho. That came out. I'm pretty sure. It did. I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It got yeah. okay ratings. I was actually not blown away by its uh, by what it got, unfortunately. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not surprised just because it's it's just so different from his usual stuff. Yeah, but I still want to see it nonetheless. It sounds it looks interesting. The one that I'm kind of looking forward to the most now, and what's weird was I wasn't looking forward to it before COVID was the French uh, the French Dispatch. Oh, I'm pumped for that, man. I, you know, when I saw the trailer before COVID, I kind of agreed with a lot of the reviews I read, which was like, uh, okay, we get it, Wes Anderson. Like, this is your style. And like, it doesn't change, right? Um, and that's not to say it's bad, but it reminds me a lot of an Alt-J song. Once you've heard it, it's mimicable, and then you can make jokes about it, like that famous video. And I thought to myself, like, okay, it's going to be a good movie, but it's not going to be a new movie. And then COVID hit. And now it got postponed. And after like a year and a half of lockdowns and like shitty times and not feeling great, the one thing I think we can all agree on is watching a feel good movie like a Wes Anderson film. And I For think sure. it's actually going, it actually helped the movie out. I think it's going to make the, the ratings on it higher and more people are going to like it. It comes out here in like a week and I can't wait. Oh man, I'm sure. I don't think we get it for a while. I think it's still like, I think it's the end of the month, end of October. Oh, really? I, I got to be wrong. It. Maybe I'm wrong. James Bond comes out this week too. It's next week for us, I think. I'm stoked. I could be wrong. Gary Fukunaga. But I don't know. I think I've watched all the Wes Anderson's films and he's got ones that are obviously better than others. He's got the cream, the creams of the crop, if you would, like the, the, the quintessential films. And then his other ones, like they're fine. 
but they're all enjoyable. Like if you want, because Wes Anderson, you can only get Wes Anderson type movies from Wes Anderson. No one else can do it. Like every frame is a painting. Right. And, um, so the only way to scratch that itch is to watch Wes Anderson. And if you've seen them all and you like, you don't know what else to do. You watch the ones you haven't seen, or you watch like, I watched all the promotional videos that came out for Moonrise Kingdom because I watched all his movies. And I was like, I still want more. So I yeah. just watched like all of those and it was just fun. This one looks crazy because it has a massive cast, like bigger than Grand Budapest, man. It's yeah. crazy amounts of people in this movie. And I love me a good Owen Wilson, uh, Wes Anderson collab. I'm oh, yeah. a big fan. BFFs. Big fan. BFFs, man. I love hearing that. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, didn't I tell you um, last, was it last year? Yeah, last year I was at, at virtually attended Adobe Max, which I think is virtual anyway, no matter what. But And Wes Anderson was like a keynote speaker sort of thing. And his whole thing was done from his house. And his house is like the most Wes Anderson house. Just like yeah, his... you send me a picture of it. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, the you background... should blow it up and put it on the wall. I don't think I have it anymore. You, you sent it to me. Yeah, but I don't think I have it saved. Oh, and then I can, I can find it. Oh, you I'll don't find delete it for... conversations? Never. Oh, I, I do. Never. That's my, I lose storage and stuff. Really? No. Well, I force never. a habit from it from like older phones that didn't have the same storage as they do now. I'm seeing if I have it or if when did you send that? When was the I mean, Adobe Max? Thing? It was like October 2020. Was it really? Yeah. Wow, that stuff goes quick, huh? Yep. But yeah, his house was so the backdrop was so like bright and colorful, just like any Wes Anderson house or film ever. Um, he, no, he doesn't, he writes most of his like scripts in like a little notepad, basically. He like writes out what's going to happen and stuff. Um, everything about him fits the core, like fundamentals of his movies. It's like, honestly, like you're just like watching his brain move. The only thing that's the only thing that's a shame is that we couldn't do it. We could do a Wes Anderson month, but we've seen all of his movies. I had this idea to do the Coen brothers. Because there's actually Coen Brothers movies I still haven't seen. And I really there's like a good them. amount I haven't seen by them. Yeah, absolutely. There's more than I realized. And they have that, uh, at least Joel Cohen has that new one coming out, right? Uh, oh, the uh, Tragedy of Macbeth. Did you see that trailer? Dude, yeah. that looks great. Wild. Yeah, it looks really good. I can't wait. I'm excited. I love me some it, Denzel. I, me too, man. And I, the only thing I'm kind of like iffy about is it's clearly stole the style from the lighthouse like uh like box frame black and white but i don't really care <laughs> yeah like good shit it's gonna but be good there's a good amount of coen brothers movies that i've never seen and i thought oh it'd be kind of fun to do like miller's crossing and also the man who wasn't there and what's that other one barton fink barton or, fink yeah i've never watched that me neither i mean there's so many movies by them that i haven't seen I've always wanted to watch um, a serious man. Just sound sounds sounded good. I heard that's great. I heard it's really good. Yeah, it's more. And I feel like after those, all the other ones are either just ones I could do without. Like I don't need to watch them. They're kind of hit or miss. I don't. I mean, I don't love or hate them. They are good filmmakers. Yeah, um, absolutely. And a lot of their movies I really like. Like Fargo's awesome. I love yeah. Fargo, and I love the Big TV Lebowski. Show. Big Lebowski is your favorite movie. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. There's all, but they also have a lot more movies than I, I realize. So maybe next season we do an episode on the Coen Brothers would be kind of fun. Hidden gems of the Coen Brothers. What would you want to do or add in as new episodes? Because we do like interviews now and movie uh, months, and also we've done. I guess this is just a closer. We don't normally just talk to each other. Yeah. Uh, well, I still want to do the the weird foreign comedy films um, from Beijing with Love and Men and Chicken and um, Playtime, the French movie. Just like watch those, just foreign comedies. But like, but they're didn't they're like different, quirky, yeah. like weird comedy i did watch from beijing with love already but i will absolutely watch it again i had to watch it it just it's just such a wacky movie <laughs> i would love to watch those with you that's also something that's out of our wheelhouse like we ha- we don't i like i like broadening our horizons that's what the whole idea was when we even just started movie club was just to watch movies we hadn't seen and we don't do that that often lately like we did it with john hughes but we know him if we do it with cohen brothers we know their style so like it's not the same as just let's pick some shit we never seen right um yeah that'd be a fun one i think there's one i had as an idea that would be also kind of cool but i wonder how we would do it um tracing back movies and all their iterations so not like the 10 commandments to the 10 commandments but i watched magnificent seven with denzel recently right okay it's a movie (laughs) But then it got me thinking like, oh, I never saw the original from 1977 with Yul Brenner and uh, Charles Bronson and, you know, um, uh, Steve McQueen. So then I watched that or I didn't finish it. It's pretty slow. I probably could, but I haven't gone back yet. But then that's actually a remake of The Seven Samurai, which is an Akira Kurosawa film. And that's supposed to be amazing because Kurosawa is awesome. Oh, it's hard to watch that. Yeah. So I also want to watch Hidden Fortress, which is what Star Wars is based off of. So what right. would be cool is to basically like track back movies to their original origin. That was an idea of a, and it would be more movies, but it would be a lot of fun. I think you could do just off the top of my head now, Magnificent Seven, Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai to uh, Star Wars Force Awakens, Star Wars New Hope hidden fortress and then if we could find one that works for it that's like basically a remake would be uh a fistful of dollars to the kurosawa film that's also the same and they actually all go back to japanese movies so it'd be like japanese movie month well wouldn't for the magnificent seven because the newer one that's just the that's a straight up remake there's no inspiration it's not it's, it's not. not. It's no. It's different. Totally it's different. different. Totally different story. Totally different characters. It's oh. the same concept. Seven guys go to a, a town to help out, but the characters are different. The circumstances are different. It's not the same. Oh, never mind. So in the same, in the same with, in the Force Awakens kind of works that way too. It's essentially just a New Hope, but right. it's a different yeah. situation. And um, yeah, I don't know. We'd have to find one for a fistful of dollars. They must have made a movie like that, like a modern day one. Uh, a handful of coins. A handful of coins. No, but you know what I mean. Like you could do yeah. ten things I hate about you, and then go back to like Shakespeare's. Like, um, what's it based off of? Which one? I never remember. No, it's it, like it's one of those that like doesn't make sense to me at first. Yeah. 
let's check 10 things I hate about you. It would be way more movies, but I do think it would be a cool month. Then there's like, actually, we can just do one about the um, the Taming of the Shrew. Oh, yes. Um, but we could do that. Honest. We can make a whole episode about teen comedy films that were inspired by Shakespeare. Because there's She's the Man. Um, I think she's all, she's all That is, I don't know if it's Shakespeare, but it's definitely based on a play as well. An old That's play. true. Oh, it's um, based off of My Fair Lady, the film. My Fair we Lady. We could do that. We could do uh, Agatha Christie as well. There's so many that are based off of Agatha Christie. Um, we could do, uh, oh, that's the one I just had in my head. That was really funny. Um, teen comedies based off Shakespeare. Teen comedies based off Shakespeare is really cool. That's a good one. It's just such a... It's just such a weird um, idea. You know, like you go into um, like Paramount Pictures or something, you're like, all right, I got this great film and it's going to be like a really high energy, funny, sexy teen comedy. And it's going to be based off Shakespeare. That's going to draw the crowd in, right? Like, you know, they're like, yeah. they're, like they're expecting like 10 to 12 year old like girls and like teenagers want to go to the theater to watch a Shakespeare adaptation starring Amanda Bynes. Like, isn't, um, it's weird how that comes together like that. What is dangerous liaisons based off a book? Isn't that based off a, a, like a older movie? Yeah, no, it's it is an older movie. Yeah, the <laughs> I always remember the original name of the book because uh, in Always Sunny, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have a Les Laisons Dangereux. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's that? Yeah, it's a uh, a movie uh, with uh, fucking John Malkovich uh, from like 1988, but it's remade into a uh, teen movie with uh, Reese Witherspoon called Cruel Intentions. <laughs> And we could also do that. You could just do teen movies based off like period shit. And then yeah. another one I was just thinking of is uh, Much Ado About Nothing stars Keanu Reeves in the Shakespeare uh, movie adaptation, I think from Kenneth Brenna. And oh. then you could do like fucking Keanu Reeves in some like high class roles would be a really funny uh, episode. Like, like the vampire or the yeah, Dracula no, Dracula. I know where the bastard sleeps. <laughs> that would be really funny. Another one just hit me too. Um, I can't remember. I can't think of it. It hit me in the second, like we started talking about something else that went away. But it's another one of those movies that's like weirdly based off something where like it, it has no business being based off it, but it is. But I can't think of it. It's so fun. But there's so many of them. That's what's just so weird. That's so funny. I think, um, but what I but what I meant about next season wasn't necessarily like what movie episodes we could do, but what new style of episode, if you could make one, would you want to do? Like we've now got pretty much an interview uh, podcast and a movie review podcast, and I'm pretty sure for just us two as the listeners. So, what, <laughs> and Tom, and Tom, and Tom. Uh, but what? God would, bless uh, him. Yeah, Tom, and hopefully Ben. I really like Ben as well, man. He's a great yeah. guy. I just know because Tom like hits you up after an episode comes out saying how good it yeah, is. Yeah, well he well he likes the episodes, the ones that he knows. Like he was a big John Hughes fan, so he loved that episode. Right. Um, but so what style of episode would you want to do if you could add another style? I would like to and I know it's such a popular thing on YouTube because I watch these videos all the time, but 
you know, there's so many of these movies out here that we could still do it because it's just it's just fun to do. It's just do more like commentary on like really bad movies. It's just fun. I agree. I think a really cool one would be like allowing our podcast to be um, commentary uh, for shit movies. You know, yeah. so you could play our podcast at the same time. It would be kind of quiet. It'd be like sp- more sporadic and longer, but it would be really geared towards you watching the movie at the same time. That's kind of what our Dilettantes podcast episodes are. You can put that on with the movie and listen to us talk, which is nice. Um, yeah, true. But yeah, we're going to actually, I mean, we can say, because this episode will come out after, we're going to actually do that very soon with uh, Titanic 2. We've decided to re-brand uh, our shit movie month where... Honestly, if we can tell you right now, there's not much to talk about with Mean Girls 2 and American Psycho 2. They are just awful and really, really terrible experiences. But we suffered through them, so we should talk about them a little bit. I need to. I don't want it to be for nothing. (laughs) No, no, we can definitely definitely talk about them a little bit. But I was going to say the only other idea that I would like to incorporate in next season, if we can, if we have time, is um, Radio Place. I've been talking about this for about a year. Yep. But I really love the idea of getting a script uh, adapted to be specifically for um, the podcast. So we like record ADR and actors and like the stories, like, you know, maybe 20 minutes. And then we do a lot of like sound effects. So you like build the room with no visuals, just audio. And I think that would be really fun for us. I think we'd enjoy doing that. We just need to find the right story to do it for. Yeah. Weren't you working on one or you and Emily were working on one or something? It was kind of an idea for a little while, but the problem is we're just so busy with the the series, you know, and a lot of the things you you realize really quickly, like it's actually not that easy. Like it's pretty difficult to find a a story that's told audio and like um, by sound, not by visuals. Right. Um, Especially when you're used, you know, we're people who grew up with visual media. We didn't grow up listening to the radio for like stories and like TV, like, TV shows when they were radio shows. So it's not something we're used to. Um, give me one second. Sorry. Go on. Um, no, I agree. Uh, there are a couple podcasts, uh, uh, places that do that are like, um, um, there are a couple podcast, um, channels that already do that and we could like study from them and try it out ourselves but i did think it would be a cool idea to also invite other filmmakers to do a reading or do like a radio play uh, piece of their story you know so we could really see if we want to incorporate that next year and hopefully we'll have like a producer on that would maybe help us kind of schedule those out a little bit easier yeah um but yeah man all in all i've had a really great time doing this with you it's really yeah fun. me too i'm uh i'm glad we were able to make use of just the random idea we thought would just kill time for covid and turn it into something that and we can sh- we can share with more people if the people pick up on it but at least you know it's just something that we like to do and there's no Absolutely. reason to stop it's fun yeah. we have no qualms about it i agree and i th- i think um for us as filmmakers who are still breaking out and things are going well for us. We had another um, festival uh, submission that uh, we were selected for another festival. I mean, and our short film drama was also selected for two more festivals. So 
things are going really well and like we're building and I'm so proud of us. Um, but this is a really great way for us to stay busy, no idle hands, because between productions, it takes a lot of time. Like, you know, Dilettantes was filmed two, three years ago and three years came ago, out, yeah. yeah, and came out two years ago and we're still busy with our next project. So because we're so low budget, we have to take our time and this is a good way to just constantly put out content that is lighthearted and fun. And that way we stay in the game and kind of on our toes. And I'm more, I'm very interested in adding more ideas to next season, seeing if we can get maybe one radio play and one uh, script read through and a couple more DVD commentaries. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be fun. All right. You want to talk about these pieces of shits for the next like 10 minutes before I have to hang up? Absolutely. All right, let's so let's, let's do, get it out there. Let's do the let's do the easy one because there's not much to say about this one. But American Psycho two, just the the funny thing. Oh, shit. Well, <laughs> for 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 our listeners who don't know the backstory, it was this movie was originally its own thing. It was, I don't know what the I forget what the original title was called, but um, and post production, the producers decided as a great marketing tactic to call it. American Psycho 2, thinking that it would, you know, bring people to the theater or want to buy it on DVD, um, thinking that it's an actual sequel to American Psycho 2, but there's no connection, only for a voiceover and a couple like reshot scenes where Mila Kunis's character mentions that she killed Patrick Bateman. Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, I mean, this movie sucks. You can get all. Yeah, if you were want. expecting, if you were expecting to see, it's more the Patrick. first thing she says too in the movie. Yeah. So, if you were expecting to see more Patrick Bateman or more of that perfect dark comedy mixed style that you really want to see from American Psycho, then you can guess again. If I remember correctly, someone gets choked to death with a condom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's. Really... I'll be honest. I didn't even remember it was a condom. It was really just not a good film. Um, no. If you're a William Shatner fan, avoid it. If you're a Mila Kunis fan, avoid it. But if you're a William Shatner stan, where you need to watch everything he's in, then proceed with caution. Yeah, but I would uh, honestly, if anything, for those who voted for directed DVD sequels, you just put us in a lot of pain there. It Let's uh, well, move on to the but next. But the other big thing, though, about American Psycho 2 is in that opening monologue that she has about like killing Patrick Bateman and saying that she then after that moment when she was like 10 devoted her life to wanting to kill serial killers. She doesn't do that in the movie. Everyone she kills is someone who's just inconveniencing her in some her way, way to get to like what she wants to do. So yeah. like, all that effort to re-record that, I... do that intro was for nothing. <laughs> I did hear that uh, this was the inspiration for Dexter. So you Dexter fans out there, you can go and uh, enjoy uh, this movie, this prequel to Dexter. It's all related. All related. One big movie universe. If you thought the um, last season of Dexter sucked, wait till you see this. I like the last season of Dexter. I don't know what everyone's on about. I never watched it, but I just know that part. The finale people hate. I heard they're bringing it back. They are. I think it's next crazy. month. That uh, that's crazy. Awesome. I love uh, Michael. What's his name? Michael C. Hall. Yeah, he's great. Um, let's move on to Mean Girls 2. That was also horrifying. That was whack. I did. I did like it more than American Psycho 2 because I had fun questioning everything that was going on in the movie. 
Yeah, but you know, man, I just I was like phasing in and out of it because it's it, the acting is atrocious. It wasn't even it wasn't even that the story is so bad for me. It was just the acting was horrible. Yeah, it was either and over the top or completely bland. I felt bad for the principal, the only recurring character. I still don't get like Tim, Tim Meadows gets roles. He's got a recurring role in Bob's Burgers. He doesn't need to get work if he doesn't. Yeah, want I don't know to. why how he did, did he, that. How did he agree to that? But also, like what you were saying. So essentially, the whole movie is just about this like girl challenging the plastics, which I'm pretty sure is very similar to how the first one is, anyways. Have you but not seen it? The first one I have, but a long time ago. Uh, well, the difference is um, she infiltrates the plastics in the first one. So she becomes them yeah, like a, to, yeah, to, and this to overtake is, yeah. them. And this one is more like they are just rivals. Right. But um, the shit just they do to each other is just fucking to be horrible. Her friend. Yeah, the shit they do to each other is awful. And it has nothing to do with being in high school. Like one of them bankrupts, tries to bankrupt the other family. It's just crazy. I like thought that was a great idea. Like that was going to stop her from like being in high school. She basically- The over the top moment after that made me laugh so hard when she slams her hand on the couch. She's like, you tried to like bankrupt my dad. I thought like the movie couldn't- My dad. My papa. I thought the movie couldn't get any lower though. So I was expecting her to just like knock Mandy out with her bike helmet and she never did. I was like, that I was would have made that like I was waiting for the that movie so much better. That that Lucy Lou samurai sword kill Bill moment, just run across the table, <laughs> done. End of the movie. But no, the end of the movie is actually that they just play a game of power puff uh, football in order to settle their beefs, as if that's what cool girls do in order to settle problems. They play football. I don't know why they would have ever, I don't know why they ever agree to that. If anything, the way to really make fun of somebody is when they challenge you to a football match, just laugh in their face. <laughs> like, what are you like? It's eight? also like, I, I still don't get how a game of that can settle the score when one was trying to financially bankrupt a family and the other one was just trying to like, um, take away their popularity and like make her boyfriend throw up all over her. And all that shit, like why? Which successfully works by her just telling her relationship's not sexual enough. Also made no sense. It's really triggering sentence. It's also funny that if she continues to date her boyfriend, that's her sister-in-law. So like, it's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, weird. Yeah. Like that shit doesn't end at the end of the movie. They have to see each other every day. <laughs> I totally forgot about so that. Bad. Actually, so no. Bad. Actually, I just never put two and two together. Like I knew that he was the stepbrother, but I didn't realize that like she's still I'm always, I'm always thinking them. about the sequel sequel man oh, you're I'm always thinking, thinking about incest I'm, I'm always thinking about how the movie continues afterwards mean girls three mean girls three electric a family affair <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well on that note i guess we can close out the season by saying that was by far the worst month uh that I feel we had to watch. I'm excited yes. to watch the Titanic 2. Um, I'm excited about to watch Titanic 2. That's definitely going to be a bad. It's good. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I can't wait to. I can't wait to watch it with you. I hope we get Dick Van Dyke's uh, grandson on the podcast, but most likely not. If you're listening, bud, call Shane. Us. Get back Shane, to me. Give us a call. <laughs> um, fax me. Let's close it out. I'm sure that our audience will miss our voices. Yeah. Well, you'll be hearing these bad boys again next year after next we wrap year, production. 
yeah stay tuned for any updates on our new series play it by ear we're going to go into production at the end of october going to be a lot of cool behind the scenes stuff um we'll give you more information as it gets closer and if you guys ever have ideas you want to pitch us by all means reach out email us at info at karentwins.com and we'll be more than happy we need ideas we have ideas but we'd like more yeah absolutely and if you'd like to get on the podcast and do a quick reading that's always a possibility so reach out well, peace out.